Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Joe Root passed 10,000 runs and yet is somehow already closing in on 11,000. This is Can't Bowl, Can't Throw. Yeah, I'm not getting that clearly. Um, have you got any other angles? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not, I can't even see the ball in that one. <laughs> You're here with Dan Lipke and Cat Jones and that was uh, Rod Tucker, third umpire Rod Tucker. Asking for another view of a low catch that was taken by Matty Potts. Uh, is that because the cameraman showed him just a, a view of the pavilion or something? Yeah, or maybe. The, yeah, the yeah. crowd. I can't even see the ball in that one. Yeah, uh, they they cut to a different angle and he couldn't see the ball. It was all, all a blur. Mm. But I, I'm a bit confused as you know why why that he's allowed himself to be hindered by the fact he can't see the ball. Isn't that the basis of the entire LBW thing? Guessing yeah. where you think the ball is. That's what ball tracking does. Yeah, right? so he should, should just be able to have a have a have a guess. <laughs> say, oh, I, I don't know. I reckon Matty Potts caught that one let's let's give him out i reckon i'd penalize those fielders and batters who get in the way yeah. of the third umpire red yeah. or yellow card them if they if they silly enough to get in the way of poor rod tucker trying to make a decision yeah or you know penalize uh pots for not fielding while wearing you know some kind of gopro on his head so you could see exactly whether the ball's gone into his hand so yes or, or very sloppy from uh the england side do we need ball tracking technology for tracking the ball through the fielders i think we need ball <laughs> tracking on all the all the time for everything yes yeah this is the part of the show where we discuss the cricket news of the week. All right, lots of stuff going on in the world of cricket, but we just have time to cover the second test between New England and New Zealand. And they continue on. So, and basically it was just runs, runs and more runs. Yeah, lots of runs in this first test. Uh, hmm. poor, poor Kane Williamson wasn't scoring any runs though, was he? No, well, no, unless unless he was in doing so in the pavilion. He was. Yes. He had COVID, although we have seen him on the balcony a couple of times. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure um, where he thinks he's on the balcony. He's, uh, is he isolating in the dressing rooms? Well, I don't know. I, I, is he 
only on there when New Zealand are fielding. He's just allowed in there. Yeah, maybe. Um, with, yes. And it is, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame there for Williamson that he has been ruled out with the coat. That's a, yeah. a little bit suspicious as well. I, I, yeah. I did notice that uh, the second test of the Ashes, uh, Pat Cummins, was also misplaced because of some kind of COVID mishap. So mm. there, there's something going on with uh, England here where they're just ruling out the opposing captains for the second test. Secretly some kind of nefarious uh, opposing captain COVID spread. Mm. But mm. I, I was trying to work out, trying to unravel this mystery and mm. it did occur to me that England have had another test series in between these two and that was against the West Indies and uh, Craig Brathwaite uh, didn't succumb to this fate and then you mm. know, I'm just trying to piece together who was in the first two series, who was in the not in the middle <laughs> one and oh, yes. Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson they become my number mind. one suspects, don't they? <laughs> they are, they do spring to mind. Yeah, so it's yeah look, that's definitely, is that definitely the common factor. Yeah, I'm not, not sure what they're doing it or how mm. they're doing it but I think... They're super spreaders. Super spreaders. <laughs> they should, definitely should be suspended for a year, I think. Uh, oh, that's the, that's the only thing. Yeah. Who's yeah. going to suspend them? Uh, Rob Key, probably. Uh, he's a new, new dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. needs to do something something yes. significant in his first couple of months. Mm. Anyway, well, it felt like the first test was really a bowler's test. Mm. This is kind of a, a batter's test. Even-handed. Yeah. Lots of runs in this test. Daryl Mitchell got back-to-back centuries. So Good work. Century in the first test, century in the second one. Tom Blundell, who just missed out on a century in the first test, got one in this test. That's nice. Ollie Pope scored one. And, of course, uh, as alluded to at the top of the podcast. Uh, inevitably. Inevitably, Joe Root got one. Yeah. Yeah. So he continues his unbelievable run of form over the past 18 months. Yeah, he's fantastic. Absolutely incredible. Incredible, despite the fact that he was wearing that really dodgy looking t shirt underneath his kit. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, so, so yes, yeah, so you, you were talking about this while you were commentating with Gorilla Cricket. He's, he's, he's not attired the same as everybody else, is no, he? No, like he's got like a blue band around his neck, around, the, around his t shirt. And why can't they wear a singlet anyway? Why do they have to wear t shirts that show through their, their shirts, their mm. playing shirts? Very sloppy. It is very sloppy, but I mean, if, if, if I were the rest of the England batters, I would, uh, I would be wearing whatever Joe Root's wearing. I, <laughs> yes. I, I wouldn't be going. I wouldn't be trying to get him to conform to their form. Yeah. Because uh, for most of the time in the past 18 months, he has been batting with, you know, partners wearing literal clown makeup. Yes. So he's, uh, he's, yeah, everybody should be following Joe's Joe's lead. There is that. He has scored all of the runs, although this could this could turn around now that we have uh, someone else, Pope, scoring mm. centuries. Yeah, Pope scored a century. Mm. Mm. But it did occur to me that it's very lucky for Australia that Joe Roots had this 18 months of incredible form mm. and the one time he decided he'd take a, a just a short break <laughs> from his incessant century yep. scoring was during the Ashes. So yep. that was very lucky for Australia in Extremely retrospect. Extremely lucky. It was lucky he had a bit of a holiday yeah. in Australia. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. 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 Well, while, while he was still in the team, scoring a, a fair few runs. Yeah, but no, no centuries. Yeah. Or, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, it was a little bit embarrassing, I think, in retrospect that Australia celebrated the series win so hard. Yes. Uh, Cummins should probably hand the urn back, I reckon. It's yeah, you a, reckon all, you'd all, go all that far? a bit shameful. No. Yes. Well, what else have been a highlight of uh, this particular test? Well, it, indeed, like the first test where everyone seemed to take their catches, mm. in this test they're spilling them. Yes, yes. So lots of... we've, got a, we've got an anti-first test, a reversal of fortune Yeah, here. it's like we've gone into some kind of mirror dimension for this second test. Yeah. Remember that, that in the first test? Test, we had, I think, the top five batters uh, dismissed with, with mm. slip catches and catches behind in both innings. Yep, yep, all very cheaply as well. Yeah, but this time they can't catch a thing behind the, the stumps. Yeah, I think there's some, there's some kind of talk this is because of the wobble seam. I'm not quite sure why the wobble seam only affects catching at Trent Bridge. But Yeah, why does it all wobble more at Trent Bridge? <laughs> I'm, also, uh, <laughs> I'm also unsure why uh, people in the outfield uh, are also being affected by this wobble seam when you assume that someone trying to hit a six has probably knocked the wobble out of Maybe the seam. Maybe the 
a wobbles not – maybe you're not allowed to bowl a wobble ball at, at Lord's. Maybe it's too traditional. Oh, yeah. Well, it could be, yeah. If only they could practice catching off a wobble ball <laughs> at training. I yeah. mean, they're just not allowed, are no, they? Not they're, allowed. No, it's against it's ICC a, it's regulations. Seam up, seam up only at training yep. and yep. then the wobble in the match just throws them. Yep. Yeah. Yes. But England were very unhappy with the ball, especially in uh, New Zealand's first innings. They were – Well, they should use a kookaburra. They, should, they definitely should because <laughs> they're not – they weren't at all happy with the jukes. It went soft and they were convinced on multiple occasions that it had gone out of shape and mm. they'd head over to the umpires and the umpires would pass it through the rings of spherical purity and they'd say, nope, still good. They'd <laughs> hand it back and England would bowl another ball and someone else would take it up. Mind you, they were squeezing again. it through the rings. I yeah. mean, when you squeeze it through the rings, it probably maintains its shape briefly. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, well, especially when it's so soft, the, these jukes balls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I think uh, I, I, I did say at one point that men recovering from vasectomies have fewer ball complaints than the England team. That, that would be true. Mm. And uh, the New Zealand fielders also then carried on with, about the ball <laughs> when they were bowling. Yes. So it feels like, well, they went, yeah, well, you did this to us. We're going to, you know, go through some rings as well. Anyway, is, is, is there anything more exciting than watching teams complain about uh, the <laughs> roundness of a ball? Well, the umpires are fantastic to continue to, to, to humour them, them yes. by putting them through the, through, through the handcuff rings. Please support capitalism by checking out these sponsors. All right, this episode is sponsored by my other cricket podcast, uh, The Ridiculous Ashes with Alex Bowden. Is that coming back? It is coming back. So we're slowly but surely starting to – it's a slow process. So we, we don't just whip them out once a week like with this one. We, mm. we ponder and we muse and we debate about But you don't wait a year for each subsequent season, do you? You do Not more quite. than I one a year. I think it's two a year has been year. our, our right. standard so far. That's pretty good. Anyway, if you're very fast, you can get to our Twitter feed where uh, – that's at Ridiculous Ashes. That's where we have a poll where people can vote on what series we're going to do next mm. and it's almost certainly going to be 2013 but if, you, if you're fast and you're willing to vote for 1986-7 or 1993 uh, then those ashes might, mm. might, might still make a, you know, a spectacular comeback. I think I voted for 86-87. Did you? Yeah. Well, um, It's tougher though when it's beyond uh, <laughs> the Twitter memory, right? It is indeed, yeah. yes. Anyway, it's a, it's a vote for the Ashes debut of your favourite Australian spinner, whether that's Peter Taylor, Shane Warne or Ashton Agar. So choose your favourite spinner. Uh, go back in time to listen to previous episodes and subscribe so you're ready for the new one when it comes out. And you can just search for Ridiculous Ashes in your favourite podcast provider. Secure them jail till you do enough jail time to convince anyone this is no setup. Cut deals that include some jail time? No jail time. He's not going to want to hear that you have endangered our operation just to get your thugs out of a little jail time. <laughs> well, this segment continues to live on. We thought we were done with JL and JL time after he resigned from being Australia coach, but... We had a brief glimmer of hope when we, he almost became, or he was rumoured to be in contention for the England job, but McCullum came in and scuppered all of that. Yes. But the, JL's still in, still in the, news. the news. JL has been in the news plenty. Like, there's lots of rumours. Is he yep. spreading all these rumours himself? I'm not sure. He's, uh, he could be a super spreader of rumours. Uh, well, Ricky Ponting's been spreading some rumours too. Ricky Ponting has been. So, Ricky Ponting has taken over the Hobart Hurricanes. He's like, he's like head of strategy. He's got some wonderful title, head of strategy for the Hobart Hurricanes. Mm. And he's apparently uh, looking at Langer to, to coach the side. And uh, Matthew Wade, who's the captain of the Hobart Hurricanes, he's very enthusiastic about the idea. Can I give you a quote that... Uh... Is he really enthusiastic? <laughs> well, you, you tell me. Here's, here's what he said. In terms of the coach, I have no idea who's on Ricky's shortlist. He's obviously mentioned JL. I'm sure him and the management will work through that and we'll find out where it lands. I think... <laughs> 
That's a pretty lame on the enthusiasm <laughs> scale. I'd say it's about a two out of ten. Yeah, well, what, what about this uh, follow-up quote from him? Uh-huh. Uh, it's hard to comment on what might happen or the coaching style that Justin might bring whatever team he ends up coaching next. I can't really dictate that much. I just continue to do what I'm doing and when the time comes, I'm sure someone will reach out and we'll work it out. <laughs> That sounds like management speak to me. Uh, yeah, you, can you read through the lines there on Wade? Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he'd be perfectly happy to, to reunite with Justin Langer, but he may not get the opportunity to do so because there mm. is another possible uh, job opening for Justin Langer, right? I thought you were going to say there was someone else in the running for coaching the Hobart Hurricanes. No, I'm not, I don't believe so. Would that be Scott Morrison who's in, <laughs> in the running to coach the Hobart it Hurricanes? Could be, yeah. uh, but probably not, although mm. he did have an opportunity because uh, the, according to the West Australian newspaper, <laughs> uh, former Australian cricket great Justin Langer has emerged as the number one pick of influential Liberal Party members to help head the embattled party out of the political wilderness. This is the uh, Western Australian State Liberal Party. That is the most funny and hilarious story ever. It's so fantastic. And already someone has said this isn't happening. Yeah, uh, Peter Lawler tweeted mm. that Justin Langer says there's, quote, zero basis to this article, quote, no approaches from anyone in the last few years. So okay. move on. Mm, but interesting. the last few years suggest there has been approaches previously, right? And there was a picture of him wearing a very Liberal Party suit. <laughs> and uh, we do know that he's been, he was persuaded several years ago to join the Liberal Party mm. by some of his friends or his neighbours who are... Oh, Hados. Influential, <laughs> yeah. So I, I want this to happen. This would be absolutely glorious and would guarantee that the Liberals just never get back in power. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we should also consider the possibility, because it did occur to me that he could try both roles simultaneously. I don't. I don't oh, think yeah, that's okay. beyond someone of uh, Justin Langer's capabilities. So yeah. he could coach the Hobart Hurricanes while he led the Western Australia Liberal Party. Yeah, right. And I, I think he could have members of the Hurricanes run for seats and then he could have like party meetings at the same time as cricket training. Wow. And then they could just fly back and forth as needed. So so people could – so so Langer could live in Tasmania while somehow justifying leading the Western Australian Liberal Party or, yeah. or vice versa, live in WA and then somehow coach them remotely yeah. well, you could just over fly, Zoom. Fly, fly, no, fly, fly them over because yeah. they'll, they'll have to – you know, meet uh, meet voters and try and get elected uh, if they're going to yeah. run for these various seats. I guess so. I also love you've assumed that, you know, that um, his ministers would perpetually be shadow ministers <laughs> yeah. because there's no chance that they'd no. ever get no. into actual power or win yeah. an election. I'd like Wade to be like the shadow minister for foreign affairs. I'm not even sure that state governments have ministers for foreign affairs, but, if, mm. but I'm pretty sure the Langer government would have one if, 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 if he went about trying to do it. Well, if Langer was, was in Tasmania, Tasmania could have shadow minister for mainland relations. <laughs> Mainland relations, yes. <laughs> and I think Wade would be good at that. Wade would be very good at that. He's like yeah. had a lot of experience on the mainland. Is Wade a right winger? We'd have to assume so. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. not that might be sure. the only thing he has in common with Jail. Maybe we'll uh, have to get it. See if we can get an enthusiastic quote from him on the subject. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, there, there are plenty of uh, other prominent Hobart Hurricanes uh, members who could easily slot into the Western Australian government mm-hmm. so, or you know, opposition. Uh, ben McDermott, Darcy Short, Riley Meredith, Scott Bolt. Are they all right-wingers? I have no idea, but uh, I I don't think that's going to stop Justin Langer from uh, just say, get in there, give Mm. it a go. It doesn't matter which political side you're actually on, just get in there. And uh, um, do you reckon the Western Australian voters would would go for this? Probably not. No, probably not. But uh, but I do like the idea that, you know, maybe... uh, 
instead of some kind of election debate, whenever the state election rolls around, Langer could organise like a, a T20 match between the Labor Party and the yes, Liberal Party. Yes, good idea. It trounce them. I mean, that would get uh, people fired up. So, that's right. Yeah, that's and that would get people voting for him if he beat the other party in a, in, a, in a cricket match. Exactly. Every time the bell rings for a vote, Langer <laughs> could just say, nah, we're not going to vote this time, we're just going to have a match. Yep, yep. I think that, I think that works. It'd be fantastic. And, of course, uh, the Hurricanes also have uh, Tim David on their books, but I, I don't think Tim David would be mm. eligible because I think the Western Australian border is still closed because of Tim David fever. Mm. They're worried that he'll bring that in, so uh, no chance there. Well, let's hope that some of this comes to pass. Mm, well, I'm pretty sure this is a long-term plan from Langer to become ultimately become Prime Minister and then have mm. the opportunity to select a Prime Minister's 11 and then coach them, and that's his way back into coaching the Australian cricket team. Incredible. It's a long, long game he's playing there. Yes. Can't fall, can't throw, coming live. Thanks for tuning in and taking your time. The underappreciated act of the week. The funniest and crazy plays of the week. Who is going to join the honorary board? The number one Scott Moller Award. This is the Scott Muller Award, not the Scott Moller Award. <laughs> yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> and it is all about underappreciated acts in cricket, including claims that people can't bowl and can't throw. And mm. speaking of people who make these claims, mm. Shane Warne has made it into the Muller Award this week for receiving a I thought posthumous... you were going to say Cameron, Cameraman Joe has not made it in this time. No, he yeah. hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't got the Order of Australia, but Shane Warne has. Mm. Uh, a posthumous Order of Australia after he has died. Mm. And... And uh, I think that's that's what well, we knew that was coming, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I think I think so. I, I mean, uh, I think uh, Piers Morgan or, or somebody was trying to get Boris um, Johnson to knight him a, a, a few uh, a few months back uh, mm. posthumously. So yeah, I very much want all my awards prehumously. <laughs> yes, that is the best time to get them. <laughs> yeah, right? um, I, I uh, and ideally, but also before I do anything to deserve them because uh, that, that mm. saves a lot of effort. I, I did yeah. notice that uh, Meg Lenning also got a prehumous uh, Order of Australia as well. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. Yes. We very much approve of that. So, yes, if she wins 10 Zidane World Cups, uh, she gets one of those. Good yes. Uh, I've also got nominated here, uh, I'm not quite, probably both teams, the Prague Barbarians and Vinhurati in the Czech Republic. This mm. is another piece of play in the European Cricket League. And this was a T10 match that was <laughs> reduced to three overs per <laughs> oh, side. So it was a little bit manic. Uh, six overs in total. Five wickets fell across those six overs, four <laughs> of them to run outs. So uh, hmm. you can imagine there's some frantic running between the wickets. And, yeah. and none more so. Or some slow running between the wickets. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, frantic run-out attempts, I guess, uh, yeah. is probably more accurate because there was a clip that did the rounds went a little bit viral of um, a, a three that was somehow run after a bat advanced down the pitch and missed the ball. The keeper tried to stump him, but the ball somehow fell out of his gloves. And by that stage, the non-striker had made it to the striker's end. Mm. So the striker took off and then the keeper had a wild fling. But then the bowler couldn't handle it. So the non-striker was on his way back for a second run. Fantastic. Fantastic. And then uh, by the time the striker got back, there was another field of fumbling it and throwing it and it was just all chaos. And somehow they got three runs off something that could have been a stumping and I'm not sure you see that very often. No, so. yeah, but you, sometimes you see it in indoor cricket, usually mm. just a second run being yes. taken. So it was a very indoor cricket clip, wasn't it? It was indeed, yeah. yeah. So that's the the European Cricket League is, is my nomination there. Definitely. Definitely worth watching. The Definitely, European yeah. I'll go to Pat Cummins' feed. He, he quite enjoyed it. He tweeted it out. So. <laughs> you ought to find that clip. So the next... Next nomination is Joe Root, mm-hmm. and uh, this time not for making a century, but for having a magic bat.
bat. Mm, yes. Which should not be allowed. No, definitely shouldn't. No. It explains a lot. Yeah, it does explain <laughs> a lot. So the footage emerged after the first test, just him standing uh, at the non-striker's end, just nonchalantly standing there with his bat perfectly balanced beside him on its tip. Mm, mm. And uh, and it was genuinely balanced there. It wasn't just a trick of the of the moment. Yep, and, no, yeah, uh, you could see the bowler just trotting in. There was like three mm. seconds and the just as the bowler was about to deliver the ball, he just put his hand down and picked it up, balanced yep. there perfectly. So very, very clever. And that is because he has got a new balance bat, right? That's mm, the name yes, of it. Yes, so well named. And it's got must have a very, very, uh, a very blunt end. Mm, mm. I also have an, an alternative theory because I have previously claimed that Joe Root is the devil, the literal devil, because uh-huh. uh, he's got the number 66 on his back. Uh, oh, yes. And that's uh, would have been 666, but the ICC only allow two digits. So. Yeah. Uh, Next nomination, Stuart Broad's pub, uh, the tap and run, and it uh, it burnt down, which was a little bit sad. Mm. Uh, so this is Harry Gurney as well, uh, also owns That's his pub. That's right, yes. And uh, nobody was hurt by this, but it, it does sound like uh, Stuart Broad's war against the robots has escalated <laughs> to a new level. So we'll continue yep. to monitor that closely. We shall. I wonder how he will retaliate. Ah, who knows? With the robots. Okay. So next nomination, Mithali Raj has retired. Mm. Just um, a fantastic stat that we found from Krishna Kumar on Twitter, oldest player Mathali Raj played with Stephanie Power, who's now 65 years old. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and played between um, 1993 and 2005 for the West Indies. And the youngest player that uh, Raj plays with was Francis Jonas, who's now 18 years old and made her debut for New Zealand last year. Just, what a just, career. That, That's that, that is amazing. But just having a look at Stephanie Power there, 65 years old now, played between 1993 and 2005. Does that mean she was playing when she was 48? I think so. <laughs> That's very impressive. That is quite impressive, yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, so yes, uh, congratulations, Mathali Raj. Mm. Uh, and finally, I've got uh, one more. Mitchell Stark, who somehow on the, the, the tour of Sri Lanka, somehow managed to cat, cut his bowling finger on his own spikes. Uh, and that ruled him <laughs> out of the T20s and, and also the ODIs, I think, against Sri Lanka. This must make the top 10 bizarre injuries list, right? <laughs> it's very strange, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I think you know the the embarrassing thing for Stark is he shouldn't be doing anything with his left hand. I think all mm. bowlers should be trained to for everyday life. They should use do things in their non-dominant hand. So yeah. it should be if he wants to change his spikes or muck about with them, do it with your right hand, Mitch. Yeah, if you want to open idea. a can of Coke or something, do it with your, do everything with your right hand. And doing things with your non-dominant hand also you know probably guarantees you'll cut your other yeah, hand. Yeah, exactly. But who cares? <laughs> who that, cares? that hand's useless to you. I guess so. I mean, we should have seen this coming. He loves playing with spikes, doesn't he? <laughs> he was he was playing he was playing with them when he was around in and around the women's camp. That's getting, true. Changing yeah, their yeah, long spikes for short them, spikes yeah. or yeah. short spikes for long spikes. Well, you would have thought he's uh, with all the, his experience with spikes, he'd be more careful around them. You think he'd be better? And how yeah. sharp are spikes? Not that, uh-huh. that sharp. <laughs> sharp enough to rule him out of three into five matches or something. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Anyway, I, I think they should all the fast bowlers should just have spike monitors who do it for them. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah so, don't yeah. let them touch their own spikes. Don't let them touch anything. Sort just, it out. Pat. Their hands are too. Yeah. <laughs> Over to you, Pat. All right. What have we? Who are we going to give it to this week? Do you think? Oh, you have to choose. All right. I'll, I like the look of. I think it's got to be Mitchell Stark. The more I look through all these, I think yes. Mitchell Stark cutting his own hand and ruling himself out of several matches. I think so. I think that gets him into the uh, 
into the awards. Yep. So congratulations on your Muller Award and that will wrap us up for one this week. It is a very short podcast this week and you should be very pleased. We're so considerate of our listeners. We never go 90 minutes. <laughs> I've got some podcasts that go for two and a half hours. I listened to one that was like five hours oh, the no. other day. Yeah. No, really? What was that about? It was a Survivor podcast. Oh, good grief. <laughs> That's way longer than they even spend on the island. That is, Yes, it is. <laughs> a bit longer than some of them spend on the island. Very much so. Anyway, we, we get it all done within probably a 30-minute wrap-up. So yeah. uh, you've been listening to Dan Lipke and Cat Jones. I'm at Cricketback Cat. Dan is at Lieb Cricket. Yes, and you can also follow us, our Twitter feed on at Can't Bowl Throw. Or you can like us on Facebook by searching for Can't Bowl Can't Throw. And we will see you all next week. Thank you.